Om Shri Sai Ram offering most humble pranams at the divine lotus feet of our ever present Lord. Invoking Bhagwan's benediction for today's talk, dear listeners, my loving Sai Ram to all of you. Om Sahana Vavatu Sahana Ubhunaktu Sahaviryankaravavahai ತೇಜಸ್ವಿನಾವಧೀತಮಸ್ತು ವಾಸುದೇವೇಂದ್ರಯೋಗೀಂದ್ರಂ ನಾನಪ್ರದ ಗುರು In our study of the text Tattva Bodha, we are studying Tattva Viveka and we have completed the description of Jiva, the individual self, our true identity and this is what we have seen so far. once bhagwan had given a very beautiful discourse on shirdi baba then an ardent devotee of bhagwan immediately prayed to bhagwan swami please permit me to translate this discourse then swami asked why do you want to do it then the devotee replied Swami if i translate this it is a big service that i will be doing because many people will have access to this discourse of bhagwan then bhagwan said the only seva the service that you can do is to enquire as to who you are and this is in fact the true seva that we must all be doing so the self inquiry who am i koham is very important for a sadhaka see if we look at the word seva itself it is sa eva sa means him or he eva like when you become like him that is true seva and that is in fact the true purpose of seva and bhagwan would often say the word paropakara doesn't mean just doing good to others and he would define it as para plus upa plus kara para means divinity upa means near and kara means to join so the seva is that which takes us to god and if we look at the word sadhana also and bhagwan defines it very beautifully as sa plus dhana sa means again divinity and dhana is wealth so sadhana is that spiritual practice that gives us this divine wealth that means it takes us to bhagwan so the purpose of seva and sadhana is this process of self inquiry that is why bhagwan would often say seva broadens your vision it widens your compassion and deepens your awakening awakening to our true reality and swami would say true sadhana is merging the vak in the manas the manas in the buddhi and then buddhi in 
Atman. And this is the true purpose of sadhana. And that is why the study and practice of Vedanta becomes very important for us in our day-to-day lives. Last week, we saw the description of Atman which is pointed out to us through Swarupa Lakshana, the direct pointer that Atman is Satchit Ananda Swarupa. It is existence, consciousness and bliss absolute. See, there is a Prakarana Grantha, an introductory text of Vedanta which is called Drig Drishya Viveka, an inquiry into the seer and the seen. And this text is supposedly written by Sri Vidyaranya Swami, a post-Shankara period Advaitin. And in this text, there is a verse which goes like this. Asti bhati priyam nama rupacha iti panchakam adhyatrayam brahma rupam jagadrupam thato dvayam. Well, what does this say? Asti is existence. Bhati is consciousness, which is nothing but chit, and priyam is ananda or bliss. And nama rupa, they are nothing but name and form. So, in every experience of ours, whatever we experience in this world, there are five factors which are sat, chit, ananda and nama rupa. And the verse says, Adhyatrayam Brahma Rupam, the first three, which means this Asti Bhati Priyam or Sat Chit Ananda, they are Brahma Rupam, they are the nature of Brahman, while the latter two, the name and the form, Nama Rupa, belong to the world. But unfortunately, because of ignorance, our attention always is drawn to Nama Rupa, name and form, which are the nature of the world, while we do not focus on Sat Chit Ananda. That is why we miss the experience of Brahman every moment of our life and in every experience of ours. So, there are certain spiritual practices or sadhanas to keep our focus on Brahman all the time. And one such practice is, we all do it every day and this is the chanting of Brahmarpanam prayer, which we chant normally as the food prayer. And in this prayer, what we exactly chant is, the deity that is invoked is Brahman through the sacrifice and the one who is performing the oblation is Brahman. The fire into, into which the offering is made is Brahman and the offering itself is Brahman and this is what we chant in this verse. And we also chant that whoever sees Brahman in all activities, he attains to Brahman. Why is this Brahmarpanam prayer chanted as food prayer? That is the question. See, this eating is a normal mundane activity which we all do for our survival. And 
we all most of us we all enjoy our meals isn't it enjoy the food that we eat especially when we are hungry even if a meal is not good we enjoy that meal because we are so hungry and when we chant brahmarpanam prayer before we partake of food then what happens is we are asserting to ourselves that even in the normal course of enjoyment that comes from a mundane activity such as eating which we do every day probably 3 times a day our attention is always on brahman we are asserting to ourselves that it is the brahman who is the giver of food brahman uh, who is the food himself and brahman is the one who is the consumer of food and thus we are able to see brahman in that entire activity itself so just think instead of confining this brahmarpanam prayer just to the act of eating if we can extend this attitude of prayer to every activity of ours always asserting that it is the brahman who is involved in all these activities then what happens we will be in a continuous state of spiritual be attitude where we are always operating from a higher plane of consciousness where we know that atman is the doer and not this little body mind complex which we think we are and this is the beauty and greatness of brahmarpanam uh, prayer and another important uh, practice that we can all do is the chanting of omkara it is called dirgha pranava uchchara which means chanting the long stretched om see the syllables in omkara a u m a u m they represent the three states of consciousness a represents the waking state and the waking world and u represents the dream state and the dream world and m stands for the deep sleep state and the silence that follows immediately these three syllables which is called the fourth matra or the syllable that represents the real self that we are and it is called the fourth state of consciousness or turiya in the mandukya upanishad turiya literally means the fourth one it doesn't mean that there is another state other than these three states it is it represents our true identity so our true self is the silence into which the om disappears and it is also the silence that underlines a u m these three syllables or these three matras so when we chant this omkara with awareness we are able to experience in the silence that immediately follows the three syllables our true nature and this is how we keep our focus on brahman and as bhagwan says a very simple 
sadhana that we can all do is soham meditation so to tell ourselves with every inhalation so which means that and with every exhalation hum which means we are inhaling every time tat the highest principle and when we exhale we are exhaling out the ego aham so this is a very simple sadhana but whatever sadhana that we do it should not be reduced to a mundane mechanical ritual just chanting three omkars before beginning any bhajan session or before beginning any chanting being done without awareness that will not help so in any spiritual sadhana that we do in fact every ritual is spiritual when we do with awareness so this awareness the purpose for which we are doing this sadhana itself must be always kept in mind and there should be intensity in what we do and also there should be consistency once a lady devotee came to bhagwan and said swami i am writing every day pages and pages of om shri sai ram om shri sai ram i am doing this likhita nama japa swami then uh, swami said uh, oh your handwriting would have improved that's all so our sadhana should not become a mechanical ritual like this it has to be done with awareness and especially the brahmarpanam prayer which we all do and also the chanting of omkara and soham meditation when done with awareness it helps us to a great extent in our self inquiry of koham and practice this consistency is also very very important when a devotee pray to bhagwan swami you say love all serve all and it is all so easy to speak but it is so difficult to practice especially even in our own families and how do we do with swami then uh, swami asked well um, how many years did you take to learn walking and the devotee replied probably 2 to 3 years swami then how many times did you fall swami asked oh umpteen number of times swami and who helped you my parents my elders they helped me then swami asked how many years did you take to master the alphabet itself and the devotee replied 5 to 6 years swami then swami said how long did it take for you to complete your university degree and he said it's probably 20 to 22 years then swami said see for a mundane degree like this for your secular education you have to toil so much for so many years and with so much of focus just think and you want the grace of god and you are in the spiritual path and you want the fruit of this spiritual sadhana so just think how long you may have to toil in order to get this spiritual fruit so swami said the only way is practice 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 abhyasa so even spirituality is a conscious mindful practice done with awareness done with intensity and consistency and then swami added see if you take first step today you will be there some day but if you do not start at all you will never reach there and he said don't worry bangaru i am with you and i will help you to tread this spiritual 
path and this is the assurance that bhagwan has given us and the key in any spiritual sadhana as told by bhagwan is abhyasa practice 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 and this is what we need to do that is why sadhana has to be done every day without giving any excuse and it should be done day after day and this is what is very important for us as spiritual sadhakas and once uh, a devotee pray to bhagwan uh, swami we must all love others just as swami loves us that is important for a sadhaka we know but we are not able to do it and what is the reason swami then swami said there are two reasons that is either you forget or you are fearful see what are we forgetful of we forget the goal itself we forget that the goal of human life is self realization because we are so carried away by the world that our attention is always on name and form nama roopa and we conveniently forget that there is brahman in every experience this sat chit ananda then swami said or you are fearful and what are we fearful of we are fearful of losing our little identity that we think we are and that we have built up with so much efforts i am mr so and so i have so many degrees and i have achieved this so i should be getting it in written the little upadhis that we add to our name is what is preventing as from going to the level of others putting ourselves in their shoes and not judging them and thereby seeing the unity in diversity so these are the two reasons which we all must keep in mind and we must strive to overcome these two mistakes that we all commit all the time otherwise whatever seva we do whatever sadhana we do it is of no avail at all and now we come back to the text so as i said in the beginning that we have completed the description of jiva and today what we will see in the text is jagat or the universe see the etymological meaning of jagat is ja plus ga plus ta ja means jayate which means that which is born ga means gachhati which means that which goes away and ta stands for tishthati which means it remains or it stays so etymologically itself jagat is that which stays for a short time between birth and death so it shows that it is an impermanent entity and also it keeps on changing constantly it is in a flux of rapid and constant change but we are not able to perceive the changing world around us and we think that the world is so solid and it is so real and it is so tangible and substantial and this is what we feel about the world that is because of the limitation of the senses that perceive the world actually it is always changing and we all use this phrase most of the time that the nature of the world is changing and it's a changing world after all but we do not understand the purport of it 
and that is why wherever we see only the world is what we see and therefore we think this world is infinite though it is a finite entity a limited entity which is also keeping on changing and we don't realize that it is ephemeral or transient and that is why we go after the world all the time this phenomenal world around us with its myriad attractions how did this come about at all and what is the origin of this world what is the source of this world is a natural question that comes to all of us supposedly infinite world i am using this word supposedly very carefully because though it is finite this is what we think it is a vast expanse and an infinite world and naturally we come to the conclusion that it cannot arise from a finite entity it should arise only from an infinite principle and as per vedanta and as we have studied so far the only infinite is brahman or atman so we can conclude that this jagat or universe is from the infinite atman or brahman itself which means the brahman is the cause of the world that is the conclusion that we can all easily make but how did this universe come about how did brahman produce this universe is the question see finding the answer to the question what is the source of the world or what is the origin of the world or jagat is very very important for a spiritual sadhaka because it solves all his problems and in fact this answer takes us to a very startling revelation that the source of our true identity the source of you or the atman and the source of jagat the universe is one and the same so which means it is we ourselves which are nothing but the world it is the atman that appears as the world and that is the conclusion and when this understanding comes to us that puts an end to all our problems isn't it because as the brihadaranyaka upanishad says dvitiyat vai bhayam bhavati whenever we think that there is something other than us there is a second entity other than us it is when we feel threatened by that entity and we feel insecure when we know that our true self the atman the brahman that itself is the world then there is nothing to be threatened by at all and this is the understanding that comes to us and all the petty problems of the world that we face in our day to day life they take a back seat and we are not affected by any of the happenings in our life and that is why bhagwan would often use the analogy of the screen and the movie see the true self the atman is nothing but the screen in the movie theater and whatever is projected on it that is our life itself that is nothing but that which comes and goes and the screen is not affected by the movie that is projected on 
the screen. And this helps us to overcome all the problems that we face. And in fact, we are not affected by anything that happens in our life. And this is the greatest benefit that we get from the understanding of the origin or the source of the world. See, we can explain this through the theory of causation. The theory of causation has three laws. The first law says there cannot be an effect without a cause. A simple example can be if we are seeing a pot, there cannot be a pot without the clay. Pot is the effect and clay is the cause. And the second law says the effect is nothing but the cause in a different form, which means the pot is nothing but the clay in another form, that's all. And the third law says, when you remove the cause from the effect, then nothing remains. When we remove clay from the pot, the pot ceases to exist. And we can apply the same principle to the formation of Jagat or the universe also. See, there are two causes for any effect to take place. The first cause is called the Upadana Karana or the material cause. Here, the clay is the material cause and pot is the effect or karyam. And there is another cause which is known as efficient cause or Nimitta Karana. Here, the potter is the one who is responsible for shaping the clay into pot. So, the potter is the efficient cause or the Nimitta Karana. We can apply the same principle to the causation of the universe or world also. See, as we know, the Upadana Karana for Jagat, which is the effect, is nothing but Brahman. And the Nimitta Karana, the efficient cause, is also Brahman because before creation, nothing was there and obviously Brahman should be the one who has caused it also. So, the Upadana Karana and Nimitta Karana are one and the same. See, in Vedanta, the conclusion is, whenever the Upadana Karana, the material cause, and Nimitta Karana, the efficient cause, are one and the same, then the resultant effect is that which is not real. This is only an appearance and this is only an illusion. And we can explain this with the following example. See, it is the waker, when he goes to sleep, he becomes the dreamer and he projects the dream world. The dream world is the effect. The waker is the upadana karana, the material cause, and the dreamer is the efficient cause. But both the waker and dreamer are one and the same. They are not two different persons. It is the same waker who becomes the dreamer and then he projects the dream world. So when the material cause and the efficient cause are one and the same, then the resultant effect that we have, the dream world, as we all know, is only an appearance. It is only an illusion. It is not reality. So the same logic when applied to the universe, we can conclude that since Brahman is both the Upadana Karana and Nimitta Karana for Jagat, the creation or the universe, 
so the effect that is creation or jagat that itself is an appearance and it is not a reality so this is called vivartavada that explains the origin of the universe which means brahman projects the universe brahman himself appears as the universe as opposed to the arambhavada where we say that something is produced from the material here the universe is not produced from brahman and also it is not a modification of brahman but it is only an appearance of brahman and this is what we conclude in vedanta so the origin or the source of creation is brahman and brahman himself appearing as the world or the creation that we see all around and how did brahman how does brahman appear as universe we shall see in our next session i will conclude with the shanti mantra om purnamadah purnamidam purnat purnamudachyate purnasya purnamadaya purnamevavashishyate Om Shanti 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 Hari Om Tat Sat Shri Sai Ishwarar Panamastu I thank Bhagwan and I am thankful to Team Radio Sai and every one of you Jai Sai Ram